Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 26 of Season 2 of the Toward Light Podcast. I've just been on retreat, and what came up for me on retreat, what I found interesting, was mindfulness of hearing. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Now, that may not sound like a very interesting topic, and I hope that by the end of this episode, I can change your mind and help you see why I find this so interesting and ways that it can be used to help develop our practice. And I know I've said that for these fall episodes, I'm really focusing on letting go. And so the way that mindfulness of hearing connects to that is that we often have these ideas of what mindfulness is or isn't. So this is an opportunity to let go of some of that if this feels like weird or different and see if you can embrace this different way of practicing mindfulness. The first thing to mention is that so often when we're practicing mindfulness, we see sounds as a problem, as an interruption, as a distraction. And so when we put mindfulness of hearing at the forefront, that's no longer the issue. I was doing retreat in my apartment, and there were sounds of neighbors and construction and all sorts of other things. And I noticed that I had the choice to either include that in my practice or somehow try and avoid it, even though it was happening. You can think about for yourself, when you're practicing meditation, or when you're practicing mindfulness, do you notice when sounds are a problem, when they feel like they're an interruption or an issue? Do you have resistance to sounds that are arising? Maybe it could be when you're on retreat with other people, and someone is breathing loud or makes some kind of noise, or maybe you're at the beach and you're trying to be peaceful and someone has their speaker going, or you're in your house and your neighbor's doing construction and you can hear the crew and all the noise that goes along with that. As I'm giving those examples, did you notice some resistance in yourself? And I just want to be clear, I'm not saying that silence or being in a quiet environment is bad. That's actually very beautiful and wonderful and supportive to practice. But to assume that we're going to hear nothing ever, that's not useful. And so if we take sound, we can take it in one of two ways. We can take mindfulness of hearing as our primary object of attention. So it can be our anchor, just like breath can be our anchor. That can be the thing that we come back to. Using sound as a primary object of attention is only useful if sound is happening a fair amount. And if you get quiet and still, you can tune into the sounds in your body as well as the external sounds. So really sound is happening all the time. Hearing is happening all the time. If you take it as your primary object, if you say, okay, For this period of mindfulness, I'm going to be mindful of hearing. Then you can either note every time that you hear a sound arising or passing away, or you can note hearing. You can notice when you're going into thinking or other parts of the body and come back to the hearing. 
So that's one way you can use mindfulness of hearing, mindfulness of this sense door of sound. Mindfulness of hearing can also be a gateway to predominant object or big sky awareness. So predominant object meditation or predominant object mindfulness is when your attention goes to whatever the object is that's most predominant. So if the sound is the thing that's pulling your attention, then you bring your attention to the sound. The pain in the knee is bringing your attention, you bring your attention to the pain in the knee. And as you open to this kind of experience, you can have this sort of big sky awareness or this awareness of multiple things happening in your environment, in your present moment experience, inside of yourself, outside of yourself. This can be a great way to start to touch into the universality of all beings, and it just can be a very, very beautiful practice. Also, when we're opening to hearing, whether it's our primary object or our predominant object, we get the opportunity to look at different mind states that might come along with different sounds. So if a sound arises and our Vedana is unpleasant, we may notice a mind state of resistance. And we can get to know what does resistance feel like in our mind, in our thought process, in our body, in our emotional state. Sound can be a good way to start to do this because if we're having resistance around a person or in a relationship or with a mental pattern or whatever, that can be much more charged. If we hear the sound of a hammer hitting a nail and we feel that's unpleasant, we can feel the resistance and we can get to know the resistance in sort of a low stakes way. It's not so personal. And we can just get to understand our relationship to resisting sound. We can also find the mind state of acceptance. Sometimes we hear a sound and there's no problem, there's no resistance. And it's useful to feel what that feels like too. What does it feel like to just allow that sound to arise and pass away? Another thing we can sometimes see come up with sound is greed. So we can hear a pleasant sound and want more of it. And again, that's a low stakes way to sort of get to know what does greed feel like in your body? What does your mind do when greed is present? How, when you hear a beautiful sound, how do you try and latch on to that? And what can you then learn about your patterns of latching on or clinging to or grasping? It's good to do mindfulness of hearing if you're finding any sort of tension in the body You may normally do mindfulness of breathing or the felt sense of the body, but if you notice a lot of tension, it might be useful to use sound instead because that gives some spaciousness and gives you a little bit of a break from that tension in the body as being primary. It can also be useful if you have tension in the mind, if you're having a lot of repetitive thoughts or a lot of emotional tension, this can be a good time to open up to sound. I remember going on a retreat several years ago where right before I went on retreat, my boyfriend at the time said, I'll let you know after retreat if we're going to stay together or not. So I was really sort of spun out and, and somebody was like, use mindfulness of hearing, like be broader, don't be right in with your experience because the emotional experience is so charged. Move out, have some spaciousness. 
And that was really helpful. That really allowed me to anchor into my present moment experience in sort of a safer and more grounded way. And the final time that I feel like it's good to do mindfulness of hearing is that if you're feeling kind of settled and you want to play with opening your experience broader, this is a great way you can play with what's the farthest sound you can hear, what's the closest sound you can hear, can just get really interested in hearing, the relationship that you have to hearing, and how that sort of connects you to the broader world. So I hope that I have proven that this can be a really useful tool. It was great for me on this retreat, and I highly recommend playing with it. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.